Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Fish Untamed podcast, your home for fly fishing in the backcountry. All right, welcome to episode number 40 of the Fish Untamed podcast. My guest today is someone that many of you are probably familiar with if you are on Instagram, and that is Tim Hepworth of Tim and Wren. Um, Tim and Wren are a father-daughter duo who uh, I've been following along with for quite a while now, and it's just been so fun uh, watching them fish together, get outside together, uh, watching Wren's excitement uh, as she catches fish. As you'll hear in the episode, her favorite fish is a brown trout, and um, she does hop on at the end to remind me of that as well. But this episode is about half and half, hearing from Tim about his journey into fatherhood and what it means to him to um, spend this time outside with his daughter, and then also a couple tips for getting your own kids into the outdoors if that's something that you're hoping to do with them. So without further ado, here is my chat with Tim Hepworth. I am sitting down today with Tim Hepworth. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me. And am I correct in thinking that you are in Alberta? Uh, yeah, we are located um, just outside Red Deer, Alberta. So it's uh, kind of central, um, central and southern Alberta is where we spend most of our time. Okay, is that a like pretty small town? Uh, yeah, so Red Deer is about 100,000 people. Um, we're in a town that's just kind of like a bedroom community off of that. It's maybe 3,000 people kind of thing. So we've never been the, the big city people. We like to be in a little smaller place. So Yeah, that sounds just about right, kind of having access to the to the facilities if you need them in town, but kind of being a little bit outside the, the hustle and bustle. Oh, yeah, totally. That's, uh, that's kind of the key thing. My wife works in the city and I work in a town north of here, so it's a good central location without actually having to be in the city. So what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a paramedic actually. 
Okay. And did I see you also guide? Yeah. So my, my summers are pretty busy. Um, I do both. My schedule with being a paramedic is pretty awesome. Um, so I, I only work basically because um, I'm two on two days on, four days off. So I have two thirds of the year to, to do what else I want to. So in the guiding season, I do take some time off of paramedicine to, to guide. Um, but most of the time I just guide my four days off from the other job. So that's a pretty nice setup. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Guiding here isn't, uh, not that it's not, can't be lucrative, but it's, we have a, a fairly short season, right? So, um, you know, you got maybe three or four good months of guiding and outside of that, it's not really a viable profession. So, uh, <laughs> you kind of got to have something else as well. Sure. What are you guiding for? Mostly trout? Yeah, for the most part, trout. Um, we dabble a little bit in, in other things and the shoulder seasons will, we will do trips for pike in the spring and, okay. um, you know, but most of the time it's people are here to fish for trout. So, yeah. Now are those in, uh, kind of the same waterways or are you kind of separating like we're specifically going for pike, you know, over here and then we go over here for trout? Um, yeah, most of the time it's pretty specific waterway. Um, we do like, so our big river here is the Bow River, um, in Calgary. And that's where I do the majority of my guiding. Um, all of our, our drift boat stuff happens there. Um, and in that there are pike for sure, but we don't really target them in that river for the most part. If we're going to target them, we do it kind of right at ice off right after the spawn for the pike. And well, we have some pretty, pretty awesome pike lakes that are kind of in Southern Alberta and so we spend most of our time if we're targeting that kind of species, we'll head to there. Okay. And do you guys have any other, any other species, bass or walleye or anything up there? Or are you pretty specific to trout and pike? Um, yeah, no, we do have a, a fairly diverse um, ecosystem in the fishery, but we don't have bass here. That's one thing that okay. uh, kind of once you get past, I think maybe Manitoba, there's none out to the, to the West. They, we do have some now out on um, the West coast. There's some that have been transplanted in, but, um, here in Alberta, we we mostly have trout for the most part is what's targeted by fly fishermen, but we also have walleye. We do have um, pike. There's like lake white fish. A lot of people will target as well fly fishing because it can be a lot of fun on the lakes in the in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have something we call burbot, which is kind of like a um, a ling or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen one of those caught on a fly rod, but yeah, we got a, we got quite a few different species of fish. We have perch as well, but. Um, yeah, not really what people are targeting for the most part on the fly rod. Are, are the burbot just too deep for flies generally? Is that why people don't target them? I think for the summer, yeah. So during summer, they're they're in a lot deeper water. Same thing with the pike, why we don't really target them in the middle of the summer. Um, in our lakes, they're they're in a lot deeper water. Um, and same thing with the burbot, they're just hanging on the bottom. Best time to actually catch them is through the ice. So ah, okay. even if you're going to catch them, like, do it that kind of time of year, so. Now, it sounds like you said you have a, a pretty short season. So I assume that you've kind of got, are, are we talking like June to August is kind of the main main time frame for guiding and then it starts to cool off or what, what's the season like? Um, yeah, so our, our guiding season really gets rolling um, once our runoff is done. So we do have a period of time from about April to the beginning of June, which we'll do some trips. Um, people are really anxious to go in the water and the fishing can be quite good in the spring. Um, but the main time that our guiding season starts is kind of after the runoff, which would be like mid July. And we'll go July, August, September um, is probably our three busiest months. Uh, we do guide into October a bit, but by the end of October, it's, it's pretty nippy and the days are quite short, not a lot of light. So a lot of the floats that we like to do, um, we also couldn't really do in the same time frame because we don't have as much daylight. So, um, but then after that, I mean, there's diehards that fish, that you, like for instance, the Bow River, it doesn't freeze over. Um, 
in the city. So the city of Calgary, so people will fish it year round, but it's not something you'd probably want to pay to do. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, the reason I reached out to you is that I, I don't remember how I came across you, but I came across your Instagram account, um, Tim and Ren. And I, I was just instantly intrigued because uh, she just reminded me so much of, of my childhood and um, just watching you guys fish together. Uh, do you just want to tell me a little bit about uh, kind of your background fishing with her and, and getting her into the outdoors just kind of as an overview? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I kind of, to be honest, I guess you started right at the beginning. I, I had a fear becoming a father that I was going to lose um, a lot of the things I like to do. My hunting, fishing, I thought that those would have to kind of be put on hold for quite a while until Ren was of the age where she could figure it out. Um, but I, I wasn't raised that way. My parents, uh, they dedicated a lot to, to their kids and we were in the outdoors with them from a very young age. And uh, I wanted the same thing for her. And I also, to be quite honest, to be selfish for myself, I wanted to be out there still doing the things I love to do. So um, we were probably, she was probably about six months old the first time I took her out. Um, and it started with the fishing and we just, yeah, we really just started spending time together that way it was easy in the beginning because she was younger and didn't move around a lot and she'd sleep on your pack in the pack or whatever but things have just kind of snowballed from there and to be honest she got so um she got so excited about the process and loved the fishing loved being out by the water loved the bugs loved all that that I mean now she's the one driving me to get out there all the time with her and um I know the summers are harder because I'm busy guiding and, and she gets a little jealous of <laughs> me taking other people not her but um, we get, we still get a ton of time together on the, on the water. And, uh, yeah, I mean, our journey has been, um, I mean, I started our Tim and Ren account as not a joke, but just as a way of kind of showing our adventures to our, our friends and family. And it really snowballed into kind of what it is today. And there's, a we really just decided that if we were going to show this stuff to everyone and have it available on the social media platforms, which is another conversation all in itself, there's bittersweet things about it um that we were going to have kind of our why why we wanted to um share with everybody and really our, our our goal and our mission through our account and sharing it with people is just to show that it can be done um not to have fear of having your kids in the outdoors with you and to hopefully inspire a few more parents to do the same uh, and try to be um there for anyone at any time when they message and have questions and try to keep it as educational as possible as well as just just show what our adventures look like and it it's honestly had such a good response something we never really expected and it's really been a lot of fun to be honest yeah and I think I saw you say something the other day about how you never really expected um your life to go in that direction but it's it's been you know a bigger blessing than you could have uh, imagined uh have you have you found that she kind of picked it up like naturally were you the one kind of driving her to be um, in the outdoors and she picked it up or was, was she kind of like gung ho from, from the very beginning? <laughs> well, I guess from the very beginning, she didn't have a whole lot of say, sure. <laughs> I just took her with me. Um, like she was so young at the start and I just wanted, I wanted her out there with me. I wanted to be able to not be, have to sit at home. And, but as, as the process kind of rolled forward, you know, she got to about a year, a year and a half old and she really, um, started to love it. Like she loved being out with us she's really grown up with my group of friends, um, on the boats, hanging out, fishing, whatever. She's always been with us. And I think she, I think she was driven to the community that was brought around being in the outdoors because we always have, if it's not, you know, some good friends, it's my dad, it's, um, you know, people in my life that mean a lot to her as well. And so she, she has this common ground that she can share with them. 
And the fishing itself is, I mean, she's grown into the last probably two years where she's stoked. Like she loves fishing. She loves brown trout, loves the bugs. She's very excited about getting out fishing. It's always, you know, she's always asking to go. And for me as a dad, I mean, I never knew if I would get to that point with her. I didn't know if she would be the one that wanted that. So it's been great, to be honest. It's it's fulfilling for me as well. And getting to to have her with me, getting to spend all that time with my kid. She's my only kid, probably will be my only kid. So um, there's no there's no bad time with her outdoors. It's all memories made. And, you know, hopefully we're just starting and she wants to continue doing this with me for a long time. So, yeah, it sounds like it kind of happened uh, kind of naturally just, you know, if, if that's what you know growing up, then that's what you fall in love with. And yeah, hopefully she kind of sticks with that and and runs with it herself. Have, have you found that she... Um, does she have any interest in the outdoors that are not what you would have have guessed or have um, pushed on her? I guess like, you know, have, have you taken her trout fishing, but then she kind of clung to something in that that was not what you expected where you're like, oh, but we always go for rainbows, but she really loves browns or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I don't know why she's absolutely obsessed with brown trout. That one, <laughs> I'm not I, like I do love catching brown trout, but I have an appreciation sure. for all trout. And but she for whatever reason, she. uh she's absolutely stoked on brown trout and, and bugs, to be honest, I'm not a bug guy. She turned me into one. Um, from a very young age, she would sit on the shoreline and just flip over rocks. And she loved finding these bugs. She'll hold, I mean, she would hold anything. It doesn't matter how many legs she just doesn't find, um, it a like, creepy or gross. She loves to loves to play with bugs. And so she's going to turn me into a geek about bugs, which I, I never would have been. I don't, <laughs> it's certainly not my personality, but she, uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's kind of she's got a very interesting um, character as a person. She's a very outgoing person. She will talk anybody's ear off. I never really thought. I mean, me and my wife are kind of reserved, a little not introverts, but we're not like super outgoing. She's mm. definitely way more outgoing than we are. And she's, I mean, she has a love for all things outdoors. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be fishing. It could be like she loves horse riding. She's in horse riding lessons now. She loves the thought of maybe one day riding a horse to go somewhere fishing like in her head that's kind of the uh, the ultimate <laughs> one day um so yeah she's she just loves to be out there she loves uh she loves bird hunting that's one of her i would say outside of fishing is one of her favorite things getting to hunt with hunt with the guys and over our dog that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and i i never knew if that would be something she'd ever want to step into because i mean there's death involved in hunting whereas with fishing we're pretty much strictly catch and release and we pride ourselves in teaching her the proper techniques of doing that as well as understanding why she needs to take care of our trout populations and such. So we weren't really sure how the transition to (laughs) from that to, Hey, let's kill stuff so we can eat it would go, but she's, uh, she's really jumped on it and loving that too. So. Yeah, I definitely noticed her, her outgoing personality. I, I, she seems to take to the camera very, very easily and well, like way more than, you know, you meet kids on the street and they're shy, they're hiding behind their parent, just not even wanting to say hello to you. And I feel like, um, when I see her, uh, you know, talking to the, talking to the camera, she's talking to like a a buddy, even though it's probably (laughs) talking to thousands of people and she's just, (laughs) you know, letting everyone know what's going on. And I'm always just very impressed with, with how comfortable she is. Yeah, she really, she is a, she's super comfortable in front of the camera. It's, it's kind of, and I think now she kind of understands, like, and we've explained to her exactly what I've explained to you, why we share what we do. And not, there's not, not every day is there a camera in her face. There's lots of days we're out doing stuff that we just don't, we don't, we never want her to feel like, um, 
her life is just on display for everyone. Um, I, yeah. I think there's a, there's a fine line in that. And um, my wife and I have had many conversations, even really when we started this Tim and Ren account, what, what are the limits we're comfortable with? Um, you know, cause it, it's, as a parent, you're, you're constantly want to protect your child and as fun it is, as it is and encouraging to share with people our adventures at times you wonder, is it too much or is it, uh, is there not enough positive coming out of it to make it worthwhile? So it's as a, yeah, as a parent, there's always those choices to make. And she, I don't think has any grasp at all on that. She, uh, she just loves the thought of getting to share her, her adventures and tell other people all about what she does. If if you were to walk in the room right now and ask her a question about something, she would, she would talk a year off for 20 minutes, letting you know (laughs) how the day went or about that story. So um, yeah, she's pretty comfortable. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was going to ask, how, how do you kind of decide where that line is of, you know, I want to A, share this for people who may have their own kids and, and want to um, be inspired to get them outdoors, uh, while also maintaining that, uh, not just the authenticity of being out and, and, you know, making it clear that we're not just out here to, to um, you know, display that for people, but also uh, kind of a, not safety, you know, like, life and death safety, but just, you don't want the whole world having access to your kids. How do you, how do you find that line uh, where you feel like you're getting the best of both worlds without crossing into uh, territory that you shouldn't be in? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a great question. And I guess there are some days where I, I still don't even know how to answer that to you. Um, a lot of it is, is gut feeling knowing, like I said, we don't, we don't want every time she's out or every time we're doing something for it to be completely documented for everyone else not that it's not maybe documented but just not for everyone else mm-hmm. um i don't i like like when i said what our why is it really it comes back to that and if if something doesn't align with that it's an easy no um we've had even in the fly fishing industry lots of different companies that have come approached us and at first they seem really um what's the word i'm looking for they're 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 gung-ho to get her involved in some way and it, it, it appears to be a supportive thing um, when, as our account has grown, um, organically, it's, it's become quite large. And so for them, they're only there to take advantage of the situation, whether it's, do they want to, um, use her as a marketing tool or something like that. And that doesn't align with what we want for her. So yeah, sure. Maybe one day when she's of age where she can make that choice on her own, and she wants to, you know, partner with a company and do something awesome, wicked. I know that if she stays on the path she's on, she's going to have a lot of opportunities coming towards her in the future. And that excites me too. But it is a, <clears throat> that line can't be crossed at this time, mm-hmm. at this age. I mean, she's five years old. You, there's always going to be negatives. Um, hopefully the, the positives outweigh them. And as long as they do, then we keep doing what we're doing. Um, I, hopefully we never encounter something in the social media world where it's too much that we have to just shut down and, and, and leave. We have no intention of ever doing that. But um, at the same time, her her life and her safety is worth more than than anything else. So I guess in a roundabout way, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, yeah, you never have to worry about that line in, yeah, in a serious way. In a serious way, yeah. I mean, there's, I think one of the frustrating things is that in a public profile that we have, content gets taken a lot and used in other places. Um, and I think like without your permission, us, you mean? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there was days and times where I would fight with every person who did it or take something, repost it. I mean, not only repost it, not post it on our behalf, not say it was us. Um, 
and then it would just be out there and, and it's a frustrating thing for us because we we don't want our kid going to places that we haven't given permission to as far as content's concerned mm-hmm. and so at this point it's it's pretty simple i i stopped fighting it i just literally block delete gone you know maybe they they were able to use that photo but they'll never see our stuff again and um if, if they only want to do that to hype their own accounts or whatever it is then they're not people we want as part of our group and and it's 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 really interesting in the social media game because you can actually really cater what you want to to yourself i mean you can you choose your audience you can say no to some and, and yes to others so I, I think it's a, it's actually a really cool thing you can do. You can really gain the audience that you like and hopefully encourage the people that at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. So, mm. yeah. Now, have you found that that's uh is, is that, are those people few and far between? I, I hope that are um, sharing your stuff without your permission or, or acting appropriately. Yeah. I think it, you know, it, there was a time when it was a lot more. And I think at this point, you know, it, yes, probably once or twice a week, but not oh, on, the really? grand okay. scheme, on the grand scheme of things. Not, not, not every day. That's for I sure. I would still not consider that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, def- it is. I agree. It is a lot, but it's not like, it's again, not like I said, it's not an overwhelming thing. It's not something that consumes our, our thought and our process, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah. I'm sure every time you eliminate one of those people, you know, that that's just taking away future incidents that would potentially happen with the same person. Yeah, totally. And I, we bring it back to the fact that, you know, we, again, we bring it back to our why, what we want, and we're not going to let it discourage us because it's, it's, it just as a parent, you want to have control. And sometimes I understand that by um, having an account with her, like I do, I, I'm giving up some control. I it's just, it's part of what I've had to accept in this process. And at this point, like I said, the, the pros outweigh the cons. So we're in a good place. That's good. That's good to hear. Now, has she gotten into uh, fly tying at all? Um, I know with the, you said she's really into bird hunting. So I feel like that would pair perfectly with, with fly tying. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she is actually, she's sitting upstairs if she'd probably want me to be up there tying with her right now. She uh, <laughs> actually, Norvice gave her advice yesterday and that's her first own, her own personal oh, awesome. advice. So she's super pumped to have it. She's, she loves it. She's always kind of been um, on a, from a creative sense, just tying whatever she wanted. It, it was nothing that was a specific pattern. She just likes to, and I let her just do it for the last couple of years to really get used to tools, understanding advice, understanding tying, um, some of the smaller techniques. And I think she's, this is her year where she's ready to start actually tying patterns that she can fish herself. And I think for her, that would be unbelievably rewarding to catch something on something she had tied herself. Um, but yeah, like today, we're all bird hunting today. She was just super jacked because she wants to get the specific specific birds that's got these specific feathers and bring them home and, and get to tie with them. So it's kind of all full circle. That's just got to be the most satisfying thing to to see her excitement for for a reason like that, where you know she really really wants to get that bird, not just because she thinks it's what you want her to, um, yeah. but because she actually you can she's telling you why she wants it. She's like, I've got this pattern <laughs> in mind that I'm gonna tie when I get yeah. home. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's right. It it is satisfying, and it's I mean, being a parent, you don't you <laughs> your kids constantly shock you. They always they they amaze you and their train of thought it's never what you're really thinking it's kind of out the left field but um it's always exciting to, to and i do like a lot of people say to us all the time man her her excitement is intoxicating and all i can say is i know it is like it for me it is she gets me excited about things that i'm not excited about anymore you know, it's, <laughs> and sometimes she checks checks my ego and when, when she catches or i catch a tiny trout about how beautiful it is how 
you know, how unbelievable every experience with anything wild is. And like, yeah, it's humbling sometimes. And you're like, man, like, where did you get your age? Like, you know, it's yeah, wisdom that, that can only come from a place of innocence, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, I think I think you're uh, you've got it right in, you know, having her just tie whatever she wants. Uh, I did a little bit of tying when I was a kid before I ever fly fished. It was just I like to fish and um, I heard about fly tying. And so I grabbed a pair of pliers and, and somehow attached them to my table and would tie things that were not real patterns. And nothing would have killed my enthusiasm for that faster than being given a list of steps and materials I needed. You know, I, I think I was given some thread and feathers and told to just like make things. Um, yeah. And I'm sure nothing would kill a kid's enthusiasm more than just being told, here's a here's a set of steps you need to follow to to do it right. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not uh, at this age. <clears throat> I think I think we do at times, even as parents or as other people want our kids to grow up too fast. They are um, genuine, innocent little creatures that their imagination is only what we wish ours could still be. As mm-hmm. we, we close down that part of our mind and just letting them, um, whether it's play or whether it's um, whatever it happens to be creativity in their mind is far beyond what ours is. And it's, it's fun to just let them be, let them be kids. Yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned that. Cause I recently finished a book that was mostly about something else, but they had a, a section of it that was about, uh, the decline of free play and kids in the U S specifically and how everyone wants their kid to be you know ready for college. So everyone has to do all the sports and all the extracurricular activities and this and that. And they get to college with a long resume of things that they've experienced. But um, that rigid structure of being told, you know, you need to sign up for this team and do this and do that. Um, a lot of them come in kind of unprepared just because so much of, you know, a kid's development is just in being able to play freely and interact with other kids without an adult there, um, you know, settling every argument, settling every disagreement, figuring things out for them, um, and just letting them go do their own thing is is such an important part of their development. It, it absolutely is. They, they have to form those connections in their own mind that, I mean, yes, it's important that we give them boundaries to play, to, to be within. Um, but beyond that, I, yeah, I totally agree. They, they need that. Um, they need to experience things. And I think for, for kids um, growing up, if you can get them outdoors, what they're experiencing in, in nature, as cliche as it sounds, nature teaches them. Um, they, they see life and death. They see a spider catch a mosquito and eat it. That's life and death. Um, they didn't have to wait for their dog to die at the age of 10 to, to see that. You know, like the correlations that can be um, taught to them whilst being in nature is, I think, something that's irreplaceable. You can't, <clears throat> you really can't, um, you know, replicate that as much as we'd like to and to teach lessons and, and such, it's important to just let them be sometimes, let them watch. Most of what Ren knows is either because she's overheard it or because she's watched it happen. It's mm-hmm. not something that's really been hammered into her and taught to her. Um, most of it is just her watching what happens around her. And then, and then when she, when they come to you with questions, then you, it's the perfect time to answer them because they've thought about why they're asking it, mm-hmm. um, not just being told it, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Does she ever say anything to you that just, um, kind of bring something up in your own mind that you hadn't thought about before just because just seeing things through a child's perspective I'm sure is completely different than um what you see even if you grew up in the outdoors uh a lot of things I feel like are you become jaded as you've been doing these things for years and years and years does she ever say something that just makes you like a light bulb click and you're just like oh my god I'd never seen it that way even though I've been out here for decades doing this (laughs) I think I think more than anything what what she does is she she reminds me of things that I'm overthinking Okay. You know, some, maybe if it's like 
you know, I've brought her on a fish and we're stalking it. We can see it feeding and I'm trying to like pick this perfect fly to match this, even though there's nothing happening and she'll just be, she'll, she'll remind you just, just cast to the fish dad. Stop, like stop trying to figure this out. It's a natural thing that's eating. Um, catch it. Like, and sometimes the simplicity <laughs> of, of their thought pattern is what, what counts, right? It's, we like to think past what they're, but they're seeing it for the first time or, you know, a lot less than we've already seen it. Um, regardless of the situation. Um, for her, I I think she's brought my appreciation for, well, nature in general um, to a different perspective because, you know, I always spent time outside. I grew up outside. I was out there all the time and I kind of lost appreciation for some of the, you know, the, the things you you wouldn't be appreciating, whether it's a, a beautiful butterfly or whether it's the sound of the water flowing over the rocks, whatever it might be she brings light to that a lot of times about what she's feeling or how, how, what, why she likes it. Um, and it always catches me off guard. And it's like, yeah, like humble yourself a bit. It, there's more here. There's more here than targeting that fish in that run or trying to get that, that deer on this push, like whatever it might be. She's, she's really good about bringing, bringing me back to the, oh, maybe what my why should be, why I'm out there. Cause it is more than just that, those things. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that, it can be helpful having anyone, um, child or just a friend or something. Uh, the number of times I've been frustrated, you know, sitting on a river wondering why, you know, the fish aren't taking my fly and someone just casually mentioned something like, wow, it's really nice out today. And it's like, oh yeah, it is really nice out today. Like, I don't really, does it really matter that the fish aren't taking this fly? You know, I'm sitting on the side of a river. I just feel like kids tend to do that a little bit more. Yeah, they are. They're, they definitely have a little bit different mindset than, than we do. <laughs> on the other hand, uh, are, have you, uh, notice any specific challenges with trying to um you know do things that you've been doing for forever um but now trying to do that with somebody who's five and doesn't have the same abilities you have um and doesn't have the same knowledge you have Uh, yeah absolutely like that's there is and what i guess i would preface this to say for parents who are trying to get their kids started in the outdoors whether it's at six months or whether it's at eight years old um be prepared for challenges and, and accept them as they come don't don't overwhelm yourself. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to make it easier for yourself. And I've, I've tried to do that even in, in our um, social media is to try to help people through that process. But there's, yes, there's challenges on every stage of Ren's development. There's been challenges. Um, you know, when she was younger and she was super young, like six months to a year, it was one of the easiest times because she would just sleep on your chest. Well, then she gets to about two years old and she needs to be carried everywhere, but she wants to be down all the time. So you're in and out of a pack. You're, she's always walking into the water. So you, like from a safety standpoint, challenges are, are, out, are paramount. You have to keep her, keep your kids safe. And I think those stages as she goes, I think we're in the easiest one for me right now because I'm not having to carry her everywhere now. She's kind of getting around on her own a lot better. Um, but yeah, there's, there's challenges at every, at every turn. There's a challenge with, with your kids. It's not easier to have them out there. It's more rewarding. Um, but understanding that it might take a while for those rewards to, to feel like rewards. Uh, there's sure. a lot of days that you go out there that don't turn out in your head the way you, you think they're going to. Um, as a parent, you have to really just leave your expectations out of the equation because what you want to go there to do today might not be what's going to happen. In fact, I would say 99% of the time, it's not what happens. So be, uh, just be, you know, be understanding that they are children and you are trying to get them involved in something. If you go out there, I think the biggest mistake parents make, and I know I did it in the the start too, is if you go out there 
and you spend so much time just like in your head, you're like, I got to put in all this time out there and um, really force the situation. They're not going to want to be there with you anymore. And then you've defeated the entire purpose. Don't force them beyond what they're capable of. If their hands are cold, if you can't warm them, go home. If they're hungry and you didn't bring enough food, go home. You know, things that in your mind, you want to be out there all day, but understand that you have a child with you that uh, isn't following suit with maybe what you want. But if you truly care about the end goal being not that you got to go fishing today and your kid came with you, but that you took your child fishing and you want them to have the experience that you hope for them to have, then understand that it is actually 100% about them and not about you at all. So take care of your kids, <laughs> make sure that they have a positive experience as much of the time as possible. And then they're going to want to keep going with you. And then you're going to have Ren like now who is constantly asking to go do things. There's nothing forced about it. She's, she wants to go. I mean, if once you get to that point, it's you're winning. Cause now not only do you <laughs> get to go do what you want to do, but you got a little partner in crime who's, who's just as anxious and wants to go and, and makes it even more rewarding. And I know that it doesn't come easy. There's been, like I said, lots of challenges through the, throughout the way, but worth every second. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely something I would struggle with as well uh, as someone who does not have kids. But um, I used to guide a little bit and I would I would sometimes we would we would offer trips that uh, were kid friendly and the kids would get to spin fish um, while the while the parents fly fished. And having dealt with other people's children, I would definitely have moments where I was like, how are you hungry? We, we just ate or like, how are you cold? It's it's sunny and 80 out. Like, and it's, yeah. it's just it's easy to forget that kids just don't always function the same way you do. And it's yeah. it may never make sense, but you just kind of have to roll with it if, if that's your goal for the day. Yeah. And I guess that's what it comes down to. Is that your goal? Um, or is it not? And if, if you're truly, like I said, you truly care about those kids and you want the best experience for them, then you have to just set aside your, um, the things that you want for that day and make, make it about them because mm -hmm. that's how you're going to make it possible to keep going on in the future and, and having them still want to be out there with you, which I mean, at least from my perspective, I don't know why that wouldn't be your goal. Um, unless you're an incredibly selfish person. But, uh, <laughs> well, at that point, you're probably not taking your, your two-year-old out anyway. <laughs> no, probably not. No, no, that's right. <laughs> so what what, yeah. what challenges is she facing right now as as a five-year-old? Um, what is she, uh, is she mostly kind of just on her own and doing well? Or is it, is it knots in the fly line? Is it like, what's, what is a five-year-old experience uh, as a challenge? Well, I mean, being completely and utterly honest with everyone, it's, it's not for her. It's not, um, fly fishing isn't easy. It's not something that she's absolutely amazing at. She's a five-year-old. I mean, she, she can cast pretty good. I'll give her that. She's definitely got that. Um, and she's caught a handful of fish on her own cast on everything, but 99% of her experience with fishing is someone holding her hand, me being there, helping her with her cast, understanding when to set the hook. The, the challenges for her are that she, her mind is already holding the trout. And she's just trying to figure out how to, how to not have my help to get there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think this year of all the years, just because I, I I've seen her grow in other ways, I think this next season is probably going to be the biggest growth year for her. Um, she's, she's right there. You know, she's on the cusp of understanding, you know, my cast is important. My drift is important, you know, mending, not because she knows to mend, but because she watches people mend. And I just need that cliff to happen as to why I'm actually mending understanding when to set the hook, um, playing fish. She's done all of those things, but it's like getting them to put together um, mm -hmm. consistently is her challenge. 
Okay. She's at a, she's at a funky size right now. Like she's, unfortunately she's got two very short parents. <laughs> she's never mm-hmm. going to be tall. Um, so in out of the drift boat, she loves to fish out of the drift boat. Well, it's now it's like getting her. So she's tall enough to stand in the leg locks, get her on something that's the right height. Um, and just getting her to where she's comfortable casting where I don't have to go up, make a cast for her. I mean, I can, if I were, let's say we're indicator fishing and nymphing, I can, place a cast for her from the rower seat, hand her the rod and she'll sit there and watch it and mend. And if, if the bob rolls down, she'll set the hook, but trying to get her to be comfortable enough doing that on her own. So I don't ever have to get out of the seat is I think what, what she really wants, even though her abilities are, are just not quite there. Like it, it's kind of an interesting th- thing to say, but she really is like a 30 year old in her mind. And she's just trying to, you know, have the physical capabilities that a 30 year old has, even though she's five, you know, sure. she, what, like even today we're, we're hiking, we hike, two, three kilometers, um, in the bush. And she's just tired and she's frustrated that she's tired because she wants to just be able to walk all day. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're, you know, you're three feet tall and you have tiny legs. It's, <laughs> it's not just that you're young. It's, you got to grow up a bit, but, um, I think the biggest limitations for her, her mind, her frustrations are just that she is around people all the time in the industry. Um, she hangs out with all of my guiding friends. They're like her best friends. She gets to see how everything happens. And she really just wants to be that good already. And, you know, it, it just takes time and it takes learning and abilities being gained. So, yeah. I feel like that's a good problem to have. I feel like it would be more frustrating from your standpoint, if she, if you were trying to, if you were trying to convince her to, you know, like you can do this, come on, you know, I know you can do it and you're holding back. I, I feel like I would much rather have a child who is like too eager, you know, they, they really want to do it and just don't have the physical capabilities, you know, the hand-eye coordination and everything yet. Um, because you know that as soon as she develops those abilities, she's going to be on it. You know, she's going to be pushing you to, you know, push her on the bike and let her ride, um, -hmm. instead of handholding for, for way too long. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know at what age that happens. I feel like five is younger than most kids that I've ever heard of fly fishing. It's usually like start on the spin rod, um, and then transition later, but it sounds like, you know, within a couple of years, I feel like she's got to be, you know, basically doing it all on her own. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, she, like her hand eye coordination has definitely got a lot better. Um, her under, her under, I think the biggest thing is her understanding as to why she's doing things has got a lot better. I'm not just doing it because she sees me doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> the more she gets to see fish, gets to understand, how, you know, the process behind why we catch them, why we want to catch them and why we let them go she's just really gained an appreciation for this, the, you know, the animal itself and why we're, um, why we're taking care of it, why we're so good with it. And I think she's bridging those gaps in her mind now as to why she wants to fish, why she wants to be a better caster, why she wants to, you know, be able to fight fish better, those things. Um, and that's just going to come, it's going to come with time. And like you said, I, w- I would think within a couple of years, just seeing her growth, I think she's pretty close. Like I think she'll be there before too long. Um, But to be completely honest for her, I think she's every bit as excited to watch someone else catch a fish. Like she, she absolutely just loves being in the process. And when someone catches a fish, doesn't matter if it's her or me, she is stoked. And that's, that's super fun to watch. And hopefully she carries that, you know, forward because that will make her a great angler one day, possibly a great guide one day, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, she expressed any interest in like or what she what she wants to do when she grows up right now. Is it, you know, does she want to guide? Does she want to be a fish biologist? Like what's what's her dream? <laughs> oh man. 
she if you asked her she'd probably just say she wants to ride a horse and fish that's the only two things that really matter <laughs> yeah, to her, <laughs> yeah i know right i'm like I'll, i'd be totally agree with that too so here's the next thing you have to make money to survive <laughs> yeah but you no, but you guys pay for everything i don't see why she yeah, needs to make I know, money <laughs> i know that's that's the thing we're at right now she'll be like oh i want this okay dad well you just go buy it okay like uh i think we're missing a little bit of the in-between here where you understand that when she's an only child right so she i mean maybe to our fault but we have given her almost everything that she's ever needed for sure Mm -hmm. what she's ever needed and a lot of what she's wanted because i mean we have the capability to do that and we enjoy doing that for her so uh, there's probably a few hard teenage years in there i'm I'm sure that (laughs) won't be amazing but um yeah i feel like a lot of kids swing back like yeah. I feel like everyone goes through those teenage years, but a lot of people swing back to what they loved as a kid. I definitely took a break from a lot of, you know, I grew up fishing and I definitely took a pretty serious break from that kind of late high school and college just because I had so much other stuff going on. But now I'm back to exactly where I left off, I felt like. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like even if she does go through those teenage years, I'm I'm sure she's kind of ingrained enough now that it's probably gonna be pretty hard to escape. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm kind of <laughs> hoping for. But and it's Honestly, I'm totally okay if, like, if fishing turns out that's not something she loves to do, I know that she'll be as happy just being out there with me um, because it's in the outdoors. She has a, an absolute love for being outside, and that that's okay with me. Like, I, I think a lot of times as parents, we really almost want to force it on them. Um, and to be honest, in the beginning, that's literally what I did because I just wanted to go do these things, so she was there with me. And I, I know she's gained the appreciation and love for it now, but it's one of those things that, we also have to let them, like you said, wander, learn, play, figure out what you want to do. It's like your parents telling you, you got to go to college this year. It's your first year. Go take, you know, make your choice. What are you going to do when you grow up? And you, and you take a bachelor of arts <laughs> instead of taking a year of general studies, which would have probably given you a, a wider appreciation for maybe different things than what you might actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And I have to let them decide um, and let her, let her explore. There's lots of things that she loves that have nothing to do with the outdoors. And I'm totally fine with that. As long as it doesn't involve sitting in front of a screen all day, um, you know, I'm happy about it. So I feel like, and then I know I keep saying things like this, but I don't have any kids, but like, I feel like that's the way to go. Cause you always hear about kids who they either, you know, were taken fishing by their dad as a kid and they were meant to spend, spend 10 hours in a boat doing nothing all day. And now they hate it or mm-hmm. they come out and that's all they want to do. And I think it depends a lot. It's like very nuanced. Um, it's easy to swing one way or the other. Like I never want to fish again because I was, I hated it as a kid, just like sitting there with my dad doing nothing. Or that's what I did with my dad growing up. I can't wait to go back and do it again. Um, so it's kind of like a fine line there, but I feel like the ones who tend to really hate it afterwards are the ones who didn't have any other choice. Um, they didn't have any other hobbies. They were told, this is what you're going to do. Uh, you know, like it or not, we're doing this. Um, but I feel like a lot of the kids who, you know, you give them, you give them some leeway and you say, you know, I, it's okay if you like fishing and dance or, you know, crossword puzzles or whatever you like doing. Um, just kind of having that freedom, knowing that you're not being forced into it. I feel like those are the kids who, who generally look back favorably. Yeah. And I would agree with you. I think that that's, it's something that they need to be given, given the options. And if they choose it, hopefully it, it aligns with what you want. And often kids do just want to do what you do because they look up to you as a parent. They want to be involved in the similar things that you do. And so I think <clears throat> you're right. It's just important to let them have a little bit of that freedom and don't force them. Like, like I said, I think that kid who has been forced to sit in an aluminum boat on the lake for 10 hours a day, burning in the sun, not catching anything. 
yeah, that's not a positive experience. Like yeah. read the room as a parent, you got to read the room a bit. Maybe <laughs> you're only out there for a half hour at a time. Yeah. You know, do something to make it fun for the kid. And if it's not, then you've defeated the purpose of even taking them out there in the first place. Right. It would have been better just to, to leave them behind on that day, probably. Yeah, honestly, because they at least they wouldn't hate you. Right. <laughs> they're, they're <not> gonna, like, <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. That's the end goal as a parent. Just have your kid love you. <laughs> so what other yeah. tips do you have for someone who's who's got a little kid and they're like, man, I really, really want my kid to like what I do, be it fishing, hunting or, or really anything. I, I I feel like these are these are spe- fishing specific stories, but in reality, they probably are transferable to nearly any hobby you have. But like, what tips do you have uh, for getting your child into, uh, in this case, fishing um, and, and having them enjoy it, having a good day, uh, having them want to go back again? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think some of the the biggest things that I've, that I've kind of stated a little bit already was, you know, the biggest thing is the time spent, understand when it's time to go home, Um, understand that you don't, you don't want to force your kids into anything. If you have, if you force them, if you, if you, if you force them to do something that they're not really excited to do, chances are they are not going to want to continue doing it. And then, like I said, you've, you've really defeated the purpose of, of what you're doing. Um, I think it's, you know, another huge one is food. It's super simple, basic, but like you have to have, um, food for your kids at all time. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't have enough snacks, your day is going to be ruined. And it, like, honestly, if you forget your snacks, you might as well turn around and go home. Um, cause it's probably not going to turn out right. Um, yeah, having that, I guess, coming back to that timeline piece, don't, or that time pieces don't have a timeline allow your day and your mind to be um, malleable to what might be the circumstance at hand because it it probably will change. Another huge one is, and I know it's tough and it's hard to spend a lot of money on gear that you're not wearing yourself, but buy your kids good gear. That's cannot be understated enough. And I'll emphasize that buy your kids the right gear. Thankfully there are a few companies out there now that are actually building good kids gear. Um, whether it's just for generally being in the outdoors or whether it's specific to fly fishing. We work with a company called Oki, um, Oki kids wear, and they make waders for kids as young as two. I mean, that, that was an absolute game changer for me and Ren. I was able to keep her dry out on the water. That's, I mean, that's huge for us. And so companies like that, that have come in and started to build things for kids that are pretty much as good as what we wear. Um, it makes an absolutely huge difference wearing warm clothes, investing in the best socks you can find for them because feet are always cold and um, things like that. Getting a good raincoat, puff coat, go, I know it's expensive, but go to Patagonia, pay the ridiculous price to, to have kids clothes that are of equal quality to yours because you have to put yourself in their shoes. They're actually more vulnerable to the weather um, and the challenges that that brings than you are. And you know what you want to wear. So make sure that you have equal or adequate um, um, gear. That one I just can't uh, can't overstate enough. The gear is a is a huge game changer. Now, do they um, make uh, separate boots and waders for the kids, or are these uh, boot foot waders? Um, so Oki ones are boot. There are boots on them. Okay. Um, and honestly, I think that's from <laughs> from my experience. You don't want separate uh, boots. Okay, why is that? Um, well, at least for a little girl, she's got to pee. You got to get her out of them, right? So okay. if you had to take off the boots every time, you can. 
you can just pull down the waiters, but trust me, uh, we, filled those waiters. We, we filled those waiters a few times down, but not less than our, our that's, way. That's still a challenge like, for me. You got, you oh. got to, you have to have the balance for that. Yeah. Yeah. And dad's trying to hold her over a log. Yeah. It's one of those things that, uh, yeah, you want those boots to be attached because then you can just take it all off and, and get them back in. Fair enough. I was, cause I've seen those, like uh, the little kid waiters, but I've never seen a pair of kids waiters that doesn't have the boot attached. So I was just wondering if, if maybe you had found those, but it sounds like maybe there's not much of a need for them. No, I, and I would say that about the time, I think, I think the Oki ones go up to like maybe seven or eight T. And then after that, you're basically at that point, you're transitioning into, well, Sims makes them now. Um, Orvis makes them. They're like, small youth waiters and small youth boots like they're really really small like probably for like an eight seven eight year old nine year old somewhere in there so I think it perfectly timed for her she'll transition out of um, these waiters we're using now and into like actual no Orvis or or Sims ones okay there's there there are other companies that make them too that have you know separate separate boots once they kind of get to that youth age but um yeah I think for I think for just kids, the best idea is keeping those boots on. And for a little boy, maybe it's different. I'm speaking from the experience of having a little girl, but it's always nice to just be able to rip those waders off at the end of the day and not have to go looking for those boots either. They're already attached and and being able to, you know, it just makes life a little bit easier. Yeah. Do you find that you need to get new ones um, to accommodate growing feet or have you just gotten ones that are large enough that you can kind of get a couple of years out of them and then upgrade from there? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, this specific company, the way their sizing works is pretty accurate to the age. So a 2T is truly probably for most two-year-olds, the right size okay. um, and kind of working your way up. Run just just went into 5T ones this year. Um, I'll be honest, we're spoiled. Oki's taking care of us. Like they send us a new pair every year. So I'm not, I'm not, it's not something I'm worried about investing in every year for her, but I would say yes. She like inside a year and about, I think we get about a year and a half out of a pair of waiters before her feet of like, and that's the problem, right? They're still not cheap. I, I think they're just under hundred bucks or around a hundred dollars us for them. Um, again, coming back to the gear though, it doesn't matter what it costs. Ignore the price when it comes to your kids. Cause it's the most important piece. Um, but yeah, you, you have to have the right size. Cause if they're, if they're too big, then they're going to trip and fall everywhere. Cause their feet are slopping around inside. And if they're too small, their feet are freezing. So it's, you really got to have a pair that fits them well, um, as long as possible. So yeah. Now, is she using a full-size fly rod? Um, she uses a Echo Gecko. I, in my opinion, it's probably the best kid's rod that's ever been made. It's uh, right from the very start. She, I, think, I got it for her when she was like two. Um, I got her the Echo practice rod. Um, I don't use Echo, any other Echo product. Personally speaking, I don't love them, but this one has been super good for her. It's a rod that's actually got a fighting butt on it, a longer one, so big enough that you can put her bottom hand can go on there. So it's a lot easier to teach your, teach a kid a roll cast than teaching the false cast. Oh, I'm sure. So, so starting off, it was all roll casting. And then pretty soon it was, she's using that bottom hand to give her strength to even hold the rod because they're tiny little people. And then she would pick up all the line off the water with both hands on the rod and cast it back out. And so, um, that rod has been super clutch for us. It, it loads really well for a kid. I mean, most people think, oh, a little kid, I'll get him a three weight, eight foot three weight. That is the worst thing you could do for him because it's an absolute noodle. They can't, they can never feel anything that's happening. Um, this rod, I believe is a five, six weight. And I think it's right around that eight foot mark somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so but still, it's, it's not like mini. 
No, not at all. Yeah, I've, I've heard people ask if you should get like a tiny rod, and I've always heard that a kid can handle basically a full length fly rod because um, mm-hmm. it's it's not the rod that's the problem; it's their you know hand eye coordination and everything. Um, totally. So and it's the it weight, be, right? It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's the, it's a weight problem. If 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 you give if you handed them your five weight trout set up with a good reel, big reel, heavier, like hopefully it's not heavy, but you got to remember they are just kids, so it, it'll be a little bit heavy for them. Sure. Um, I, but I honestly feel the best part about it is that, um, that biting butt on the bottom, because even when, even when now she's casting a lot better with only one hand, she will take that fighting butt and pin it against her forearm. And so it just gives her a lot more stability in the rod and allows her to load it a lot better. Um, and now to the point where I can hand her any of my rods and she'll, she'll cast them. She'll whip her line out there and mend it and it's fine. But I definitely notice a, a big difference in her performance if she's got her rod. So it so. sounds like it's kind of a, almost a halfway between a roll cast and a spay cast, kind of using the, using the two hands, but kind of just, you know, getting that, getting that line on the water and just loading it up and shooting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really the easiest thing when you're teaching um, a kid at the start. It's not to, don't get them casting upstream at a 45, trying to mend, drift a dry fly, <laughs> put on a woolly bugger and let them yeah. swing it downstream because in reality, they're going to make place a cast out there kind of straight out from them. And they can understand just coming tight and letting that fly swing. Yeah. That's something that's doable for them. Mending and trying to keep a dry fly from dragging. I mean, that's, that's difficult, right? You have to have some very generous fish <laughs> that are willing to eat a <laughs> hopper that's, that's skating at 60 <laughs> mile an hour downstream. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, that's what she uses for rod. Um, I, yeah, I can't see enough good things about it. It's been really good for her. So and I'm actually at the point where I don't know how to transition her off of it because it's, it's re- it's been so good for her. I'm probably gonna try to drag it out for a couple more years um, until she gets a little bit bigger and can handle handle maybe a full size rod. But and Dad actually likes it too. I love catching fish on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume is she fishing mostly streamers then on the swing, or does she ever do any indicator nymphing, or has she tried dry flies at all? Yeah, she. Uh, I would say mostly now she's dry fly fishing. Really? That's okay. what she likes to do the most. Um, the and and it's also about setting your kid up for the most success possible. You're not gonna take them to you know, the most difficult brown trout fishery in the world to try to catch them a fish on their own cast, because it's just not probably not a super realistic thing. When you know that you spook that fish, it's gone. Right. Um, It's hard for adults to do so. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So there's a huge luck factor. And again, remembering if they really want to catch a fish and they don't, they're disappointed. Right. So it's, it, you want to create the best situation for them to succeed as possible. So, um, for us, we have, um, cutthroat trout fishing, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I think it, I could say that, um, our cutties are more willing to eat than other, other trout. They have a shorter time of year, um, where they actually can be active and feeding. So they're a little bit easier to catch. And so her first fish ever on her own cast was, um, was a cutthroat trout and she loves going out to the mountains. It's beautiful. She does probably prefer the walk and wade style over the boat more cause she's more free to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting her onto those fish is, is easier. So putting on a, you know, a big stone fly or something big that she can see, cause she's not going to see, you know, a size 18 BWO out there on the water, but she will see a nice fluffy stimulator or a stone fly of some kind. Um, and then get to see a big eat. And I mean, lots of times she, she totally misses the hook set, but with those bigger flies, a lot of times they hook themselves and it's, you know, then it's on, but, uh, yeah, just, just try to create the best situation for success is really all you're trying to do for them so does she get satisfied by seeing um she got strikes even if she didn't set the hook because i know like if i go out and i get 
10 strikes and I miss them all, I'm still like, well, it was good. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I sucked, but it was good fishing. <laughs> like, can she recognize that yet? Or is it like if a fish is not in the net, it was terrible? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would say it's terrible. She would probably love to tell it. Like, she'll, did you see that? The fish is right there, Dave. She's like, ah. She wants to catch it, obviously, but uh-huh. um, I think she appreciates that even getting a fish to eat is not an easy feat, and that's a super cool thing to have happen. So, um, yeah, I, I there's a lot of insight in her brain that I have no idea what she's ever thinking. There's a lot that she does babble on about, but sometimes you just watch her look in there, and you're like, you can tell she's deep in thought, and you're just waiting for her to say something, um, and then she doesn't. It's like, well, I really wish I could have had a brief window into what that was for that 10 seconds. <laughs> Maybe she was thinking about bubblegum. I don't know, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, she's, she sounds like a lot of fun to fish with. I've And I feel like I've gotten that just from, from watching you guys fish together on Instagram. Just, she just, she seems like the kind of person that, you know, when she grows up, I, that's the person I'd want to fish with. <laughs> well, that's hopefully I'm creating my fishing partner for the rest of my life. So I'd agree with that statement. It's uh, she, like I said earlier, she, she brings a, a light to to what we do um she's she is so excited about even just the thought of going fishing let alone the experience that it is when we're out there um it makes it makes life so much easier for us she just brings a smile to my face every day and hopefully that's being passed along a little bit to everybody else and they feel that too um because she she is i mean i i know i'm biased i'm her dad but i think she's a pretty special little human and i'm beyond grateful for her so yeah, that kind of transitions nicely into my last point I wanted to ask, which is maybe more like sentimental than what we've what we've been getting into. But like what what would if you had to put into words what the importance of of getting the next generation into fly fishing is? Like what how would you how would you phrase that? Well, I would I'd probably phrase it just like this. Understand that every time you create a fly fisherman, you've created a conservationist. You have the next generation ready to preserve um, what we all love to do, preserve the watersheds, preserve the fish, um, creating a little, <clears throat> another little angler in your family. I mean, not only is that bringing you uh, an unbelievable amount of joy, but you really are preserving everything to move forward. And hopefully you're going to maintain the things that we fight for every day um, in this industry to try to keep it the way we want it. If we don't educate our children to, to do the same, then we're going to lose it. And, and then their kids aren't going to have the opportunity to fly fish and to do other things and, and the outdoors that we love to do. Um, yeah, the, the importance is it can't be stated enough. Uh, I'm afraid that in our, in our world today, we're definitely getting away from it. Um, there are a lot less kids that are being raised with an outdoor lifestyle. Um, I, don't live out, I don't live in the country. I don't live on a farm, you know, and a lot of people associate outdoor living with that and it's not it doesn't have to be that way um just get your kids outside let them experience a little bit of anything out there um and that's truly going to be you know what's important she peeking in the back corner here yep. <laughs> come here buddy i'll take off my earphones so i can hear you hi ren hi we're talking about fishing today yeah do you like fish what's your favorite fish to catch brown trout that's what i hear <laughs> <laughs> why do you like the brown trout so much because I, I caught one last year. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's a great reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the yeah. biggest fish you've ever caught? Um, brown trout. How big was it? How, How big, big was it? 15. That big, 15 yeah. inches? 16 inches? Yeah. No, 15 inches. Nice. Yeah, that's a pretty nice fish. Yeah. I hear you're doing some fly tying, too. Yeah, we are. You just get new vice? Yeah, I did get new vice. Yeah? 
What's the first thing you're going to tie on the new vice? I already tie some vices. This what, what were they called? Mm. You're going to make something up. You did tell me a name. I don't remember what it was. No. I don't either because it didn't sound very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a yeah. copper wren. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Hey? But after this, I'm, Dad's going to teach me to, to tie a pattern. What pattern are I going to teach you? Do you remember what it was called? No. The woolly bugger? The woolly bugger. Woolly bugger, that's a good one to have. Yeah. Never yeah. have too many of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, never, hey. Never can have too many. You know? Okay. All right, Tom, well, we can, we can wrap up. If you just want to share, uh, you know, any handles, websites, anything like that, if uh, people want to reach out to you or, or watch your adventures with Ren, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, most of everything we share is on our account together, which is at Tim and Ren. Um, I do have my other account is at Timothy Hepworth, and that uh, I, I do share a lot of stuff with her as well. Um, I am on Facebook as Tim Hepworth, but we I don't really I don't have a big following there. Don't share, don't share as much there as we do on our other accounts. So yeah, it seems to be the the standard now. I, barely anyone ever shares a Facebook account because it's just yeah. like what just to share for grandma or. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I will share all that in the uh, in the show notes as well. If anyone wants to come find you guys, and I I hope a lot of people do because, like I said, it just brings me a lot of joy to you know log on and see what you guys are up to. And um, I'm sure anyone with kids is probably hoping that they can get their their kid as into fishing as Ren is. So um, hopefully, a lot of people will come your way and and check you guys out. I hope so. That'd be great. All right, Tim. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I will. Thanks again, Katie. Take care. All right. And that is all. As always, if you liked what you heard, I'd love for you to go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts and subscribe there. Uh, If you've got a couple extra minutes, a rating or review would also be much appreciated. It doesn't take too long and it makes a big difference on my end. You can also find all my episodes on fishuntamed.com in addition to fly fishing articles every two weeks. And you can find me on social media under my name, Katie Burgert, on Go Wild or at Fish Untamed on Instagram. And I will see you all back here in two weeks. Bye, everyone. anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me double he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh oh look at that don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment